it sucks with the TVB back again. You know what that means. I'm Ryan. I ain't lying. I'm Gina with a T duh. We tune in, can't get enough. So drink up and listen up, you be. Hello, it's Gina. And Ryan. And we're the TVBs. That's who? The TVBs. Um, if you wanted to rep us, how exactly would you find us? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, if you didn't hear us on the last podcast episode, it's been some time, Rye, right? It's been about six weeks or so. Six weeks is so long. We're so sorry, guys, but you know, this quarantine has us going here, there, and nowhere. But if you did listen to our TV Bees Buzz episode of the Super Summer Special, then you will know that, you know, we're still around, but we have a couple of we have exciting a, announcements. A lot of a lot of fun announcements. So first of all, we have a drum roll, please. Merch line! Hell yeah! And it's through none other than spreadshirt.com. Uh, if you go to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash TVBS podcast, you're going to be able to find anything from hats to hoodies to t-shirts to mason jars, buttons, fanny packs. Uh, oh, masks for the pandemic? Yes. yes. Mask for mask. Is our motto. And also, Ryan created our logo. It's so amazing. <laughs> um, I just want to tell all you ladies out there, there's even a little crop top for that hot August night summer fashion. It ties on the side. It's short-sleeved. It's loose. And it'll just, you know, it'll just make you feel fresh, fabulous, and what? Buzzing. Buzzing. So yes, please check out our new merch line. We'll post later tonight, and we already have the link posted in our uh, link tree, which you can find in our bio at TVBS Podcast on Instagram. And uh, whatever you do, decide to purchase. Just know for a fact that we're going to appreciate it, and we definitely want you to tag us in your merchandise. Yes, please tag us. I mean, we are all about you guys, so. Please start, like, sharing us with your friends, your colleagues, anyone that you, like, despise. I mean, just just share us with whoever. Yeah. I don't care who you send it to. As long as you're sending it and we're giving it to you, then we're both serving. Right, Mama? Thank you. And the reason why I say despise kind of, like, is a segue into the show that we are about to talk about because it takes... um, Kind of the lead of two characters that Ryan, since this is his pick, will discuss that actually like despise, but do they each other? Ryan, take it away with your pick for our episode tonight. Well, today we're going to be discussing the uh, FX original series that premiered about two years ago, led by one of our favorites, if you've listened to American Horror Story, if you've heard us rant about Glee during the Super Summer Special, if you've uh, any clue what Nip Tuck is, and I know that you're a fan Uh, of at least the first half of that series. Yes. Well, no, all of Nip Tuck. You will know that 
Ryan Murphy is one of our favorite go-tos in terms of being entertained with television. And if you're a super fan and you heard Ryan try and diss my love for Ryan Murphy, I did at one point diss him in one of the American Horror Story seasons, but that doesn't mean him as an overall director, producer, and writer. No, it was it was mainly toward the storyline. Oh, the storyline of American Horror Story, some of them, those seasons, you'll probably agree. Well, specifically Nip Tuck, because I know that you were like, I was here for mm-hmm. it, and then I wasn't there for it, and I was just watching it just to see what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you're, exactly. But with this series that we're going to be covering today, which is Feud, <laughs> Betty and Joan, ah. by Ryan Murphy. It's part of his long-awaited Feud anthology series, which is going to follow the same fashion as American Horror Story or American Crime Story, with different themes being prevalent in the season, you're going to watch this season and you are not going to get bored because Feud is going to give you every single thing that you need. I feel like Ryan Murphy lives for these moments mm-hmm. of feuds. He's like, ooh, these people despise each other. Let's write about it. Let's, yeah. let's show the world like the behind-the-scenes story of who these women were. And as a fellow Ryan, both of us are... <laughs> Very intrigued. Live by... for the feuds. <laughs> <laughs> we live for the feuds. Uh, we both love old Hollywood, mm-hmm. and we love the drama that was entwined mm. with anything that has to do with the golden age of Hollywood, and what happened to those actors after Hollywood. So, uh, one of my favorite series, and I've literally watched it probably at least six to ten times from start to finish because I love it so much. And it only aired like two, three years ago. Yeah, 2017. 2017? Yes. All right. Fact check. Fact check. Thank you for that, G. The show feud really embraced a rivalry that's really unparalleled it's not like they hated each other it's not like they wanted to do harm to each other betty davis and joan crawford literally were marking their territory Mm -hmm. as a dog would over the bushes the the reverse of them just visited like if joan pissed on the hydrangea you know what betty's gonna come right back and she's not gonna like piss she's gonna do like she might even a broadway shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna sprinkler that but um i can only say so much about the series which will of course be evident as we go into this a little bit more but our resident fact checker <laughs> is going to go ahead hey and give yo. us the summarization of the show Feud, produced by the FX Networks by Ryan Murphy. Hi, y'all. It's Gina here. Hey, Gina. <laughs> you know how I love to fact check, but also fact check Ryan at any chance I can get. Um, anyways, the Wikipedia summary for Feud. Feud is an American docudrama television miniseries created by Ryan Murphy, which aired on FX from March 5th to April 23rd, 2017. I will say Ryan said he, like, re-watched this several times. 
I, during quarantine, watched this within a couple of days. Ryan's like, let's record. And I'm like, give me like a couple more hours. And he's like, let's record. And I'm like, I need another day. Here's what's impressive, <laughs> listeners. When did you start the series? Uh, I'm like, well, we were supposed to record a couple days ago. And I was like, I need more time. So Sunday through now. Yeah, Sunday through now. And today is Tuesday. Yes. So she binged through it and. You know, like, I can binge through it in a day as a new viewer. Like, yeah. And Gina, she's probably reading all of the articles yes. related to it, the fact-checking, the this and the that. <laughs> I can just sit through it, and it's like an afternoon of me crafting at my dining room table. Yeah, see, Ryan can do, like, multiple things at a time. I can only do one thing at a time, which is, like, watch something. Because I have, like, my husband, I have, like, my cats, and I just have life. And I'm like, no, I can't. I have to do it when I'm... Completely by myself. Yeah. So I did it in a couple days, and there's eight eight episodes, yeah. um, which are an hour or so long each. Anywho, so this feud show aired on FX from March 5th to April 23rd, 2017. Initially conceived as an anthology series, which I believe a lot of Ryan's... American or maybe, Horror Story, American Crime Story. Yes, Politician. That might be more in, like, the veins of his okay. talk where it's, like, continuous. Okay. What each, about the crime? An anthology uh, story, such as, like, the American Crime Story, American Horror Story, and Feud. And mm-hmm. uh, season two has yet to be announced of Feud, but it is designed to be an anthology series. And what an anthology series means is each season is about a different topic, so it's not going to cross over. Unless Ooh. you're in the Ryan Murphy uh, American and Horror Story. And he loves story. crossovers. And, he, <laughs> and in American Horror Story, you see little crossovers. Like Dandy, the Mott's, uh, Dandy Mott in season four, you meet his grandfather, Edward Mott, in uh, Roanoke, mm. season six. Oh, my so favorite. like little crossovers <laughs> like that. And I'm sure that there might be crossovers in Feud, but... Regardless, Regardless, it's, it's an conceived anthology, as an anthology yeah. series. It's first and only season of Betty and Joan, which consists of eight episodes, like I mentioned. Thankfully, I said that right. Chronicles the well-documented rival rivalry between Hollywood actresses Joan Crawford and Betty Davis during and after the production of their psychological horror thriller film, what happened to Baby Jane? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? And we will play that shortly. <laughs> so that was in 1962. So Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon coming out the cuts. Star as Crawford hey, oh, and step Davis. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Stepmom and Julia Rock. Oh, save Julia Roberts for later. Mm-hmm. Um, star as Crawford and Davis, respectively. Judy Davis, Jackie Hoffman, Alfred Molina, Stanley... Tucci. And Allison Wright feature in supporting roles. So there's a like a star-studded cast, obviously, as yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less than Ryan Murphy, but there's also little sprinkles of past American Horror Story mm-hmm. favorites. But also there's a lot of sprinkles that we'll get into later of just famous actors and actresses in Hollywood in general that I was very surprised myself that. Ryan Murphy would choose and or they would choose him for yeah for this show. So thank you so much, Ryan. I'm so excited to talk about it because I just 
am fresh off the boat of watching the last episode. So she's fresh off the boat. I am like... Ryan is like 17 times watched over. And so I cannot wait to see like what the fresh mind (laughs) is going to offer. And I cannot wait to see what the seasoned mind has to offer. So my mom tells me every day. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh and old minds. (laughs) Um, In true TVB's fashion, we're going to go ahead and give you guys a buzzword so that no matter what you're drinking, whether it's water or signature tears of tragedy drink, and as an exclusive, I'm going to give you guys the recipe right here. Fill the glass with ice. With that glass, fill half of it with Joan Crawford's favorite libation, vodka. Vodka. Go ahead and put lemonade up until almost the very top and then splash it with a little bit of coconut because I wanted to give my favorite character, Joan Crawford, a little bit of homage while bringing it back to my Hawaiian roots. We also wanted to let you guys know that if you are a fan of the show and you will completely understand this, we're going to do a blind taste test. Mm-hmm. Of Pepsi versus Coca-Cola mm-hmm. shortly. Maybe we should do a live video of that. Yeah, let's do a live video because of that. Because Ryan and I are both different teams. Oh, yeah. And by teams, I mean, in true, like, if you're a comic book fan, Betty and Veronica style, we have different teams of Team Betty or Team Joan. Mm-hmm. And Team Betty and Team Joan rep a sponsorship in the show of coca-cola and or pepsi mm-hmm. and we just want to see if we are really repping and with our quiz later on in the episode repping who we truly associate with the best so ryan pick out a buzzword of the night i'm going to pick out our tears of tragedy this one seems correct i've like literally picked this one up like four times I hate you for this. (laughs) So what Ryan picked up is Team Betty, who I'm just going to say I am. I'll just put it out there right now. I am Team Betty, and Ryan, you can tell the listeners who you are. I'm Team Joan, so therefore you just (laughs) witnessed a feud happen. (laughs) A feud. You, you've just listened to a feud be inspired right so now. So if any time you hear Team Betty being announced, drink. And since I'm Team Betty, drink. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can guarantee you won't hear me say that more than once. I'll guarantee you'll hear those tears of tragedy more than once. <laughs> Anywho, this is my favorite part of the podcast because I love describing each of our episodes and shows that we watch into three words. So I'm, I'm going to start because I'm so fresh off the boat. Three words that describe feud from me. Unhinged is the first word that describes to me feud, Betty, Joan. Um, Unhinged to me means these characters, not only like obviously in real life, but like the way they're portrayed in this series, they're unhinged. They're on edge. They're off their rocker. They're at the end of their ropes and willing to do whatever it takes. Exactly. And because of that, like When you watch this, or if you don't watch it and just want to kind of know, like, 
a little segue into why I chose this. These women are, they're older women. They're not the cream of the crop actresses that are just coming on the scene that have beautiful perky tits and are ready just to like have a rock Hudson as they're like. They're not us. Yeah, they're not us. Thank you. But they are, even though they are at the end of possibly or coming to the end of their career, they still have, you know, some good years to them. And they have so many like issues that they don't want to address, but they instead focus not on their own issues, but on each other and how like they can rival each other. Um, and so versus empower each other. That's a good point. They never empowered each other. Well, there were moments where we hoped they were going to empower, which we'll discuss later, but all we saw was them really unhinged, like kind of like a roller coaster where it's like off the tracks. It's like, it's going up, it's going up, but then, ugh. Oh, you thought you were going to go on this track? Oh, hell no. We're taking the nose Exactly, dive. because in this series, you think they're going to, like, mend their feud, mend Team Betty or Team Joan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but unfortunately, like the roller coaster cart, they're unhinged. They're, I have to say, Gina, that's a good word. Yeah, I mean, I just think instead of saying, like, they're crazy, which we're all crazy. They are. But they're just a little bit off. But They're more eccentric than are crazy. Yes. Um, so unhinged is my first word. My second is, well, two words in one, beautifully broken. So I do oh. believe that both Joan and Betty are like, they're broken women. They have had a lifetime of ups and downs they've had a lifetime of like people hurting them being on top winning awards having horrible reviews written about them but having positive reviews written about them you know it's like this constant struggle of like i guess if in today's world um it's like a recording artist like you're either you're miley cyrus and you're lady gaga you're always in the news because you're doing something raunchy and raw you're beautiful, but you're, like, also, like, unhinged, really. Like, you're yeah. just kind of, you're not crazy, but you're you're different. And then it also, like, has, there's a moment where, like, your fans, listeners, viewers, just base is, like, okay, there's something more to you as a person. You're broken in different ways. And that unravels throughout the entire series, especially the last episode, which is Mm. truly heartbreaking. But you see these women as like, could they have been friends? Yes. Could they have empowered each other? Yes. Could they have been the most dynamic, like Destiny's Child duo ever? Yes. But just like Destiny's Child, like it didn't work. There's always yeah. a lead star, a Beyonce. Wait, I do have some tea for you. There are rumors that Destiny's Child is going to come back on the road in the next year what? or two. With, like, everyone? or With, with the last three, Michelle, okay. Kelly, Beyonce. Love. Well, someone's going to have to take dancing lessons. But, <laughs> um, so Beautifully Broken, I mean, Beef, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ryan might post this later, but we'll see. I'm posting it. Okay, post it on. <laughs> but Beautifully Broken, these women are, they were beautiful. And if you look up Joan Crawford, if you look up Betty Davis, if you don't know who we're talking about, 
Google them. We'll post some stuff, but please, like, Google them. They're, they're beautiful, but they were broken in so many ways. Last word is masterful. These women were, like, masterminds of their own craft, but also masterminds of, like, their own demise. And you'll see that in the series, but you'll see how they craft the lead up of basically like their success, but also for maybe one, I will say team blank. It was a demise that they created themselves. And for the other team blank, it was a demise that maybe not created themselves, but happened over time. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give that all away but so unhinged beautifully broken and masterful are my three words that best describe feud what about you rye well the three that i chose um the first one is heart-wrenching and Mm -hmm. i feel like a quote from olivia de havilland played by Catherine zeta jones yes masterfully so like exciting do you to see, see what i did there yes. masterfully yes love it i'm so surprised that ryan murphy chose other talent mm-hmm. olivia de havilland described them as feuds are never about hate feuds are about pain and that I'm saying is the most heart-wrenching thing about this Mm. because they both admired each other so much for what each other had to offer but they were pained that they could never bring that to the table if they were to be combined Betty and Joan Mm -hmm. as two different people in one body they would have won every single award out there Mm -hmm. but instead they were fighting for contracts for the lead recognition, for the awards. And it goes to show feuds, if I can repeat myself, are never about hate. Feuds are about pain. Mm. And they were pained by each other. And that's what makes it very heart-wrenching. They were pained by each other and pained by themselves. The second, they were pained by themselves. Mm-hmm. Everything about the series has like an under, has like a underlying sense of overwhelmment of disappointment in themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you're just never good enough Mm-mm. until you're... Here. Because you don't think you're good enough. Uh-huh. And you're never going to be good enough until you equal yourself to... Who are you going to pop the champagne bottle about? I mean, at Team Betty Ovs. Well, Team Joan Ovs. Drink! Spoiler. Oh, my God. Uh, the next word that I have, you know, it's going to be a word that could be misconstrued, but it's entertaining. No matter what, you're going to encounter things in your life that you watch that are going to be entertaining even though it's very awkward to watch. Just recently, Melania Trump was holding her trench coat down as she was walking down the Air Force One and Trump was trying to hold her hand and she did not want anything to do with it. She needed to keep her dress down and she needed to... uh, keep her purse clenched in her hand 
And that was entertaining to me. It's mm. the same type of entertaining to me that you see when Joan is manipulating her person a certain way and Betty is trying to figure out why she's doing that or how she's doing that. And how she can manipulate that. It's one of those device. entertaining things that you think, God, I'm watching this right now, but I wonder what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And one of the most entertaining things to me, if I were somebody that's watch, watching the press junket in 1962, watching them sign the contracts of whatever happened to baby Jane, and I see Joan make a power move of cross, say I'm crossing Gina's right shoulder, and I'm going to go ahead and be buddy-buddy with her, and I'm going to sign the contract first, it makes me the first one on the playlist. Mm. What Melania did to Trump, it made, oh, Melania did this to Trump, not, oh, Trump holds his girlfriend. No, she knows exactly what she's doing. I feel like that's the same kind of feud for this day as that they had in the... 60 years ago Mm -hmm. because solely because it's an internal feud that nobody will ever understand unless you're living inside of it so when I saw that a couple of weeks ago and I saw I was wondering why like Joan kept like moving because she was like Mm -hmm. oh she's going to get the left side I bet you anything she's going to get the left side and then So right now, if I'm facing our microphone, I'm on the left side, Gina's on the right side. Mm -hmm. If I were to simply move over to the right side, I would be at the left of the picture as it's taken of our faces, and I'm the first one listed, which means I'm the first one. And Ryan would be basically like the number one honcho. I would be the Melania like no, I don't want. She basically so Ryan would did. be the star. So Ryan would be Joan, mm-hmm. which she wanted. She wanted to be the star. Like she wanted this picture. She like curated this this picture. She wanted to be the star, and then she recruited Betty to be a part of it. Aside from that, the entertaining aspect of this is you get to understand a little bit more about their back lives. Mm. Aside from. Mommy Dearest with Joe, uh, that's about Joan Crawford. You get to understand a little bit more aside from what's in the IMDb trivia section of what ha- ever happened to Baby Jane and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Mm. You get to be entertained by just The, feud. the star factor yeah. and the feud, yes. The feud, the, literally the turmoil and feud. As for my third <laughs> highlight word, um, I'm going to leave it at this, and I don't want to have a conversation about it. It's literally batshit. Yeah. It can, that can be seen, uh, listeners, our little bees out there. From one character to the next, or just the entire series overall? And trust me, I'm going to explain in the next uh, part or two why it's so batshit, but I feel like that's a good word to 
to segue into. Yeah. Uh, speaking of segues, I, you know, if you have seen Mommy Dearest, you know the very, very first scene is Joan Crawford doing her skincare, and she's putting the witch hazel on her face and whatnot. Well, I have to tell you that we have a way to have you go ahead and make sure that your skin is on point right after these messages. Hi, you bees. Hey, TVBs. Gina here. Well, as you know, I have a lot of time on my hands right now, and the epitome of my quarantine can be summed up in one word, self-care. Today's active lifestyle deserves skincare that's up to the challenge. Enter Athea, formulated by active women for active women to give the best feeling skin you've ever experienced. And let me tell you, fellas out there, it's not just for women. I am feeling luxurious with these detox face masks. <laughs> I'm so excited to announce a new collaboration with the skincare line that's main objective is providing us with a feeling of finding beauty in our own skin. Visit atheaskin.com and use promo code ATHEATVBS15 at checkout for 15% off any product that this month. That's A-T-H-I-A-T-V-B-S-15. Now, Ryan, pass me that face mask, and let's get buzzing. Here you go. Okay, so, Rye, this is your show. You basically made me sit at home in the dark, alone by myself, to watch Feud for hours upon hours, which I'm grateful for, mind you, listeners. But this is your show, so tell me... Tell me about it. Tell me what gravitated you towards Feud. So the reason that I wanted Gina to go ahead and watch all of Feud, I gave her my <laughs> logins to everything, and I was like, no, Don't tell watch anyone. This. Don't add us. Amazon Prime. <laughs> no, I will not tell anybody except for you because, you know, we're doing this in the greater good to, you know, tell people why to watch it and if I were to tell you why that you want to watch it, if you have seen the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane that was released in 1962, you would know that Joan Crawford and Betty Davis starred in it. They were both moguls in the uh, lead actress category at the Oscars for pretty much anything that they had ever done. At this point, Betty had won for All About Eve. Joan had won for Mildred Pierce. And how old were they, Rye? Like, just so the viewers they were, or the listeners they can were get like it. They were, in their 50s, maybe, maybe early 60s by So the is this, time. like, a comeback film? This wasn't necessarily a comeback film. It was more of, like, a comeback to the limelight. Um, so Joan was looking for a vehicle to drive her career to the next step because it had been about, you know, almost 20 years wow. since she, uh, won the Academy Award for Mildred Pierce, which she infamously would not go to the Academy Awards for, but she wanted to accept the award at home with bronchitis. <laughs> She and loved her sicknesses. She loved being the, the uh, murder. The, the sympathy. She yeah. loved she loved having sympathy. She uh, wanted just people to say so it, Joan, 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 Joan. Joan. And this was the vehicle. She was the lead role when she found the book, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and she submitted this to the studio and she was like, 
this is what I want to have made for my next uh, career move. I want to be Blanche Hudson, and I think that Betty Davis should be Baby Jane Hudson. And there's an infamous line in Feud where Betty Davis asks Joan, so I'm the lead role, and she said, you're the title role, but you can call it that. Yes. And I think that that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is about a uh, child star, Baby Jane Hudson, who was almost like the... Uh, who's Gypsy Rose? June? June? Mm-hmm. In uh, Gypsy, Baby Jane is almost that kind of character. In the act, yeah. And, uh, no, no, no. In, uh, you know, Gypsy the musical? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I feel like Betty Davis's role almost is like the June child star. You know, I'm very perky. I've written a letter to Daddy. Mm-hmm. And... Sorry, I was thinking we were talking about our past episode. No, I see. I, 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 I see where you're coming from. And if you haven't listened, listen now. Now, um, but after this episode, um, Blanche Hudson is almost the Gypsy Rose, uh, Gypsy Rose Lee character, mm-hmm. where she ended up becoming the bigger star. Yes. She ended up becoming because Joan made her the co-star. Better, yeah. Of what happened to Baby Jane? She became the actress who was better, and you know what? Betty Davis's character of Jane was definitely jealous of that, and I'm purely talking about the source movie of this. Ryan, my question is, like, when Joan was like, I found this movie, like, the script, the story, I want Betty Davis to play X, Y, and Z, do you think she was, because I remember this in one of the episodes, but I want to know, like, in real life, because, you know, I love to always fact check, but it's like, was Joan truly, like, Betty? Like, I want you to be the lead. And that's how I'm going to, like, hook, line, and sink you. They did want to work. uh, Joan definitely wanted to work with Betty because she knew that each of them could become a powerhouse Mm -hmm. together. But I know that Joan had a reservation. So back to the premise of whatever happened to Baby Jane, uh, you know, Blanche Hudson is the big star who's played by Joan Crawford, played by Jessica Lange Mm -hmm. in Feud, uh, and she gets incapacitated by uh, Baby Jane because she, you know, she knew that Blanche was the bigger star, and Jane wanted the limelight back. So... This whole entire series encapsulates what happened behind the scenes while they were filming this movie. 
And one of the things that's the most fascinating to me is the fact that the two of them were able to produce this movie together, respect each other as actresses, but hate each other for their respective egos. Because each one of them wanted what the other had. Mm -hmm. And this whole entire series shows the behind the scenes from Baby Jane up until Joan Crawford's death. Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. Um, Spoiler alert! Why this movie worked not only on a cellular level, but on a level that worked for the Academy, Mm -hmm. for the fans, and how it entrailed or detrailed each other's respective moves Mm -hmm. in the industry. One of the things that I love most about this show is the fact that they are able to take real-life feelings and turn them into semi-fictional dialogue in order to fill the blanks of the story. And when you can do that as a writer of a story, I feel like that is A1 shit. Mm -hmm. You could be Team Joan, you could be Team Betty. Cheers! But at the end of the day, you're Team Feud, you're Team Betty Jane. Um, But that's true. Like, Ryan Murphy truly knows how to get into the depths of the souls of basically all those, like, key words that we used in the beginning of this episode of, like, what do we think in three words describes feud? Like, he knows how to encapsulate those things. He knows how to, like, grab that out of, like, not only the viewer, but the character, the person themselves. And you're just, like, entrapped and you're there for the ride. And to recap, you are feeling the unhinged essence mm-hmm. of the photo shoots. You are feeling the beautifully broken characters of each actress at that point. You are feeling the masterful effort that they put into each other's acting experience. Yes. You also feel the heart-wrenching drench of sadness from each one of their hearts, you are also feeling like they're both entertaining actresses, and you're knowing that at the end of the day, they're really just batshit crazy, because if they united Mm -hmm. decades sooner, they would have been the team to beat. And they would, like, one of the episodes, the later episodes, it's like, would we have been friends this entire time? Was there one moment in both of our, I guess, history timelines where we could have been friends. And I really, truly believe, and Ryan, you know, like, let me know your feelings because I'm just new off the boat, but I think that they could have had some sort of lovely friendship, this bond that's unbreakable because of their age, their experience, their mantra, there, we have to go in this together because we have no roles left. And by roles, yeah. I mean acting roles. Like, they have yeah. no acting roles left. Like, we have to empower each other to be the next generation of 
our generation. Like, there's there was no one else. And I do feel like the reason that Joan wanted Betty to be the counterpart was because when you look at the characters of Blanche and Baby Jane, <laughs> it almost parallels their Team lives. Team Betty all time. the way! <laughs> <laughs> Team Betty. Oh, no, fuck <laughs> you. But really... I mean, what better person? They are absolutely two of the most fantastic actresses of the golden age of Hollywood. And Joan Crawford even started in the Silver Age of Hollywood Mm -hmm. when it was just the silent films. Silver. We'll get into that later. And one of the things that's really fascinating to me is that this is the only film that they were acting in that was released with both of them as actresses. So there was only one, I mean, if you watch, you'll see there might be yeah. more than one, but this was they the worked only on official two, They one. worked on two films together. This is the only one that was finished with both of them mm-hmm. in roles In together. the credits. And they were some of the most critically acclaimed actresses of the time. And speaking of critically acclaimed... Joan Crawford is played by Jessica Lange. Betty Davis is played by Susan Sarandon. Uh, one of my favorites. I mean, one of the things that brought Jessica Lange into uh, the highlight was the first remake of King Kong, where she reprised the role that Faye May, mm. Faye Ray, uh, did, whereas the vixen on the top of the Empire State yes, Building. Yes, yes. And Susan Sarandon, I mean, uh, what How can you not love her? Uh, I mean, she was she was in Thelma and Louise, I believe. Yes. Uh, she did Stepmom. Stepmom alongside Julia Roberts as Ryan has heard so many times. It's one of my favorite movies. But she Team Betty, I'll say again cuz I want all uh, of you guys to Betty, drink. Jesus Christ. But um the reason I love Team Betty is because Susan Sarandon, let's be real, like, she came out of nowhere in this series to me. Like, I look at American Horror Story. I look at Ryan Murphy's work. And you see these Easter eggs of actors and actresses that are, like, sprinkled in every single portrayal of every single episode and series that he does. But Susan Sarandon is like, damn, you have this powerhouse that is now like taking us to a whole nother level. I have some tea for you. Oh yes, spell so, it, spell it, please. Ryan Murphy was pained that I forget the name of the play, but mm-hmm. he purchased the rights to it, and it's a play that Jessica Lange had always wanted to portray, and he purchased the rights to it, let her be on it, and that's exactly why she wasn't on any future seasons of American Horror Story. I heard about that. And then he approached her to be Joan Crawford, and she ate it up Mm -hmm. as well as she could because not only was it the perfect age range Mm -hmm. for her, she was the perfect character for her, and... I relate to Jessica Lange in more ways than you will ever He's know. He's obviously Team Jess. Joan. Joan. Sorry, but Team Jess. <laughs> Who the fuck is Team Jessica Jess? Lange. Yes, I see. Undercover. No. Honestly, Jessica Lange is one of the best actresses 
that I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. I have seen YouTube videos of her as Blanche Dubois and a streetcar named mm-hmm. Desire, which is the role that I would love to play more than anything. And one of our good friends did. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, played Stella in that role, uh, in that play. Um, one of the things about the show that I love the most is the fact that they were able to bring a relatable aspect to everybody, whether it's director Richard Albrecht, whether it's any of Joan's children, whether it's Hedda Hopper, played by the incomparable Judy Davis, who, fun fact, played Judy Garland in Me and My Shadows, uh, which is the Judy Garland biopic, which you can find on YouTube, and she's a fantastic actress, and then you have people like... Mamacita. Oh my god, Mamacita is one of the best. If not, well, my favorite is the director, but Mamacita is a close second. Mamacita is an amalgamation of all of uh, Joan Crawford's maids and personal assistants, and she was put into this character who is literally the one who puts together all of Joan Crawford's meetings, arrangements, takes care of her house, this and that. Um, At this point, I want to tell you, right, the uh-huh. translation of Mamacita is Little Mother. Little Mama. Which is what she was. Lip gloss is popping now. Yes. Yeah. Continue. Um, so, like, basically this show is about the making of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, directed by Richard Albrecht, and it goes into the... And it follows their relationship up until Joan Crawford's death, who unfortunately was the first one to demise out of the two of them. But there are several highlights that happen throughout the show. And I've spoken a bunch about the show, but I want to know, Gina... What are your top three highlights from Feud? And can you describe each scene? Okay. So, yes, there's so many highlights, and it's actually, like, really hard to, like, break down my top three, I guess. And it's crazy to think, because in eight episodes, you'd think, like, oh, there are three highlights. There are probably three Mm. highlights every single episode. Yeah, or every single, like, half hour. Because the episodes are, like, an hour-ish, 15. Yeah. A piece. Um, But I have a couple. And these are not my all-time highlights, but just ones that come to mind right now. So there's a scene where Joan and Betty Davis are actually in the same... Well, they're in the same scene. And that was, like, very, I think, like, not ironic, but it's, like, when you're watching the series, they're not in a lot of scenes together at the same time that you're seeing. Yeah. Like, they're in, obviously, a lot of the scenes, scenes together. The scenes they're in but, together are very sadistic. Uh-huh. And I feel like this scene was so important because at this point in the series, and I'm sure in real life, in their, like, careers... I mean, Joan and Betty, like, they're just always at heads. Who's going to be above? Who's going to be below? Who's the top dog? But at this point, Joan is, like, literally, like, tied to a bed. Like, she's immobile. She can't move. 
and uh, Betty Davis is just trying to drag her like away from basically her bed and to like another room and it's just this funny moment of like both of them like it's like a dominatrix of power like who's on top who's on bottom and basically at that very scene were you feeling more team Joan or team Betty um, I was feeling more Team Betty, not because I love That's Betty. That's two drinks, y'all. And not because I love Betty, which I do, but I was feeling more Team Betty because I knew that Joan was conniving in some way, shape, or form. Because she was like, "Well, she has to put her hands on me, folks. So let's go." Mm. So in this scene, basically, Betty Davis has to pull. Joan Crawford from a bed into another room. And Joan Crawford's character body is like immobile. It's limp. And in the scene, you find out later that Joan Crawford has weights on her body, mm-hmm. which makes her more heavy to carry and more limp to throw and toss and just drag in general. So, it, but Joan doesn't make it easy besides the weights. She laughs. She's like, I'm ticklish. Or she just is trying to be the worst part of herself. She's trying to be a bitch-ass bitch to Betty. Yes. And I love it because And there are a few things that need to be said about that scene. The reason that Joan's character Blanche is so resentful against Betty is because Betty paralyzed her. Mm Mm-hmm. In character. In character. But I guess kind of in real life, too. Well, but uh, we'll discuss that later. Um, but Betty, Miss Hashtag Team Betty over here, Ooh-y. kicked Joan in the head. So as retaliation, Joan was like, well, she has to drag me. I'm going to put weights in my pocket mm-hmm. to strain her back. Yes. Go ahead and continue my mm. love. So that's basically, like, the bottom line is that that was one of my favorite moments because countless times throughout this series, you see this struggle between, like, who's on top, who's on bottom, and just Joan, like, laughing and giggling and, like, her throwing these weights and, like, saying, like, ha-ha. Every time you think that, like, Joan's on top or Betty's on top, you are surely surprised because... One of them is right around the corner, ready to basically have a demise of not only the character, but I would say each other. Yeah, each other. It's really like, as soon as you love Joan, you hate Betty. As soon as you love Betty, you hate Joan. Because you're like, what? It's a power exchange, this whole series. The power exchange, Castro, love you, SF. Hopefully you can come (laughs) back from... (laughs) This quarantine. Anyways, so that was one of my, like, I wouldn't say, like, my favorite, but definitely a top highlight for me was that wait scene because you're like, why is Joan, like, we understand why she's doing what she's doing, but then she goes back into the dressing room and she's like, waits, and you're like, wow, she's out here. She out here. Number one highlight. Um, Okay, so Betty Davis introduces Baby Jane Hudson. We talked about this, Ryan, earlier. Like, this moment was so amazing to me because at this point in 
the series, I'll just say, Betty Davis and Joan, um, aka, like, just Susan Sarandon's like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, like, Jessica asked me to be here. Like, let's just, like, get this, like, pony show on the road. And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to be the best baby Jane I can be. But her daughter's in the same room. Uh... Betty Davis had no clue what she was going to do with the characterization of Baby Jane until she got to set and was about to film. And then she was sent a wardrobe mm-hmm. of wigs and costumes. Just all paraphernalia. And what wasn't seen on the show is the fact that the Baby Jane wig is actually a wig that was worn by Joan Crawford 10 years prior to the fact of uh, 10 to 20 years of did Joan know that Joan didn't know that because it was restyled and Betty didn't know that Mm. but it was the perfect wig for the role so when she comes out like Joan's like oh my god that's my wig she doesn't know that it's her wig okay no no so, basically, like, this moment where Betty Davis's daughter is like, Mom, are you fucking serious? Like, you're really going to walk out like this? Because for a teenager... She said, oh, you've really done it this time. Yeah, like, for a teenager, you're, like, looking at your mom, who's obviously, like, this icon. But at the same time, it's like, you're going to embarrass me? You're going to embarrass my friends? And quite honestly, like, I'd rather you not do this. Which, obviously, she has a part later on in the show. Yeah. But um, when she walks out as this character, herself, basically it's like herself, like, amplified to, like, 100 degrees. We will post this, you guys, because this moment, to me, I was not only laughing, because I knew Ryan would be like, yes, queen. But I also was like, wow. Like, she, that was her. That was what she wanted to do. Whether there was spite, whether there was anger, whether there was just like, oh, I'm going to do this. She went out there and she was like, I am Betty Davis and I am little baby Baby Jane Jane Hudson. Exactly. So we will post this so you guys can be like, what? WTF, basically. WT actual. If you don't know that, if you don't know the movie and you don't know the series, you'll be like, WTF. Um, last but not least, oh, Joan with the axe. So, uh, Joan, <laughs> sorry, skipping way ahead, um, because obviously I'm fresh off the boat, and this is just, like, me spitfiring. No, but it's, but, not, it, it's your three top highlights from the series, yes. and it's something for listeners to look forward to if they hadn't yes. ever watched it. Well, Joan, please. Okay, I must preface this with... Gina's saying, if I could see any scene happening with you, Ryan, it's this scene. Okay, yes. So, if I could see any scene with Ryan, like you said, if we were, like, really, like, a feud moment and, like, we're spiraling out of control. (laughs) But Ryan, to me, reminds me of when Joan, so she's, like, kind of, I'm not going to say, like, the bottom of her barrel, but she's old She's washed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't mean that 
can okay 100% show like what Ryan means to me but I'm saying like for this character like if Joan at this moment is like washed out she's feeling probably like she has no other author offers so she's taking anything she can get and it's like it's theater it's like live theater or like dinner theater mystery theater it's like back in the day they used to view the coming picture in a bistro cabaret style yeah like a murder mystery dinner if you've ever done one of those (laughs) something like Uh, that yeah yeah but on a grander caliber so anyways She's going through the aisleway of this theater, and her character is this, like, axe murder woman, and there's, like, this confetti coming from, like, the ceiling, and it's red, and she's just, like, hacking it with this axe, and that's what reminds me of Ryan. (laughs) You know, the end of his road. (laughs) Listeners out there, I have to tell you, I do not carry an axe out there, but I do understand her sentiments. There's zero violence attached to this um, If you understood me, you would understand what she's saying. Yeah, so when, if you guys have watched this series, when she's just randomly, like, axing the air... And she's, like, so frivolous in it, too. She's just like, I hate my life. Here I am. I don't know why I'm here. But she looks like she's unraveling and she's unhinged. Like, one of the words I used earlier. Like, she is unhinged in a sense that you can't explain unless you watch it and you see it and you understand it. But that is one of my favorites because then... They start throwing, like, these baby red axes into, like, these, like, plastic ones into, like, the audience because all the fans are like, we love Joan. She's so amazing. Just like Betty Davis, they th- she threw, actually, all these baby Jane dolls into, like, an audience mm-hmm. for her to, like, admire. Anywho, those are my three. Ryan, please let me know. And I know you're not an axe murderer, but... No, Maybe of course life. I'm not. I, <laughs> I literally have a hard time, like, I redirect the ants before I kill them. Um, oh, did you hear that, everyone? That's um, live. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the first highlights that comes from me is Joan at the Academy Awards. And oh, so good. we see that scene two times in about... Five to ten years of difference. Wait, what did you say earlier about the Silver Age? Because I feel like that was her. The Silver Age of Hollywood is more like the... You know, you're, it's not the Golden Age of Hollywood between, like, Gone with the Wind to All About Eve, for reference. Mm-hmm. It's between the silent era and between when the talkies became something. Yes. Um... But Joan at the Academy Awards in feud is something that needs to be marveled because <laughs> the first time that we see her at the Academy Awards, Joan Cro- uh, Joan Crawford is, you know, pissed off at the fact that Marilyn Monroe run, ran the award and Hedda Hopper, played by Judy mm-hmm. Davis is like, 
Ugh. We saw you stumbling out of the academy, slurring and screaming obscenities to everybody, and she's like, oh no. Joan is like, oh no, what you don't understand is that I adore Marilyn Monroe, and she is the best actress that could ever have been, you know, portrayed. But in the moment, you know, she's like fucked up and blacked out and stumbling all over herself on the red carpet out to the uh, limo. And the second time that we see her at the Academy Awards is when... This is such a great episode, you guys. The episode where Betty Davis is is nominated over Joan Crawford as the best lead actress of a drama series. I believe it was a drama series. And they both are like, oh, we're going to win this, blah, 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 blah. But Joan knows that she's not going to win this because she was never nominated. So she calls up Geraldine Page, played by Sarah Paulson, another mm. American Easter egg. Uh, favorite. That was a moment. And Joan Crawford campaigns to accept the Academy Award for anybody who is not Betty Davis. And Betty Davis thinks that she's going to win. But you know who doesn't win? Betty Davis. Team Betty to not win. You know know who does win? Geraldine Page. So cheers, my Team Betty. Because fucking Team Joan. No, no, no. If you want to adverse Gina's bullshit just now, let me just tell no, you. No, but Team Joan. Team the, Joan is the one who accepted the award. Exactly. So Team Joan actually won. And it was a fantastic montage. She's going to have the silver glitter put in her hair. Joan puts in all the calls and she's going to accept for whoever who is not Betty. able to be there. Yes. Because she knew that probably but, but deep down Betty yes, was going to win. She's not Team Betty. No, she never was and never would be. I said what? She's not Team Betty. She's not Team Betty. But, okay, can you explain to our listeners, or just to me, the gold or the silver, like, which maybe we'll post a photo of or maybe, like, a screenshot on our story of actual, like, I mean, Jessica Lane looks so beautiful, but, like, that silver dust. Like, what was that about? What was the silver representation? She want Okay, so, uh, of course, back then, the uh, Academy Awards, as we know it today, mm-hmm. it's a gold statue, right? Gold in black and white reads as silver. So, Joan Crawford wanted to look silver. She wanted to look just like the goddess of the Oscar of the Academy Awards. Wait, so silver looks gold or gold looks silver? 
Silver looks gold. Okay, so she wanted to, like, basically be on stage looking gold like an Oscar. Mm-hmm. She wasn't nominated. But knowing that, it, yeah, because she was like, hey, gotcha. I will accept your award That for is so, you. I did not know that. I was literally like, oh, she looks like, I don't know, like, how Taylor Swift or any of, like, our beautiful millennials No, look. because in black and white, it's going to look, like, if she were to do gold, she was just going to look like a yeah. shiny brunette person. Mm-hmm. If she were to put herself as a All silver. silver person, she's going to look like she's covered in gold. And, listener, she and put, like, glistens in her hair. Geraldine Page won... Which was Sarah Paulson, or who was Sarah it? Paulson. Okay. She won that, and so Joan Crawford accepted the award looking just like the female version of an Oscar trophy mm-hmm. on behalf of her. And not only that, but she touched Betty on the back and said... Thank you. <laughs> Which is the most fucked and up And Betty thing was standing there, said. like, awaiting, like, she thought she was going to win. So she's awaiting there for her, like, this is, because she said, remember in that episode prior, she was, like, looking at her two Oscars, and she was like, I'm bringing home a brother for you guys. Yeah. And obviously she didn't, but Jessica, Team Joan, sorry. Um, Team Joan literally, like, after that whole episode was like, oh, Team Joan, like, can you come take a picture with all the other winners? And so Joan's legitimately taking photos with all the other winners of the show. And it's like, god damn it, as a Team Betty original, like, that's some fucked up bullshit. Yeah. But continue. I'd love to hear more about Team Joan's perspective. To all my team buddies, drink. My next. Uh, okay, so my next highlight is actually a uh, improv play between the both of us, where I'm going to explain why this next season or this next scene is going to be my favorite. How did it feel to be the most beautiful girl in the world? It was wonderful. The most joyous thing you could ever imagine. It was never enough. What about you? How did it feel to be the most talented girl in the world? Great. And it was never enough. Give me a hand up. Because you're the superior talent. Well, I don't want your help. You've always been overrated. I guess that explains my 11 Oscar nominations. The Academy doesn't reward you for your talent, for Christ's sakes, Betty. They reward you because of how they see how hard you work. They see how hard you sweat. They don't see the character. They see the acting. And they don't see you at all because of all your glamour makeup. Well, let me give you a tip. The answer to feeling unattractive isn't to make yourself even uglier. I can't believe you let her get away with that. You know I was right about that scene. You know what, Betty? 
being a writer doesn't mean shit if you're driving talent off the stage. You want to be a producer? Well, a producer gets results. You want to be a lion tamer? Great. Go tame the goddamn lion. Hashtag lion tamer. We love you. And that's the type of situation that you would probably see day to day on the set of either one of their pictures that they attempted to star in together. I mean, for the director, who I love. We haven't got into him, but he is my, like, heart and soul. Richard Aldrich. I love him so much. Um, But he had to deal with, well, should we get into it? Well... My third highlight oh, before sorry. we get into him. Before we get into the director. Is I have one word for you all. Mamacita. Uh, yes. She Mamacita. is basically like the servant and pimp of Joan <laughs> mm-hmm. Crawford. And I feel like there's nothing that can really inhibit Mamacita from doing her job. Never. She, she talks shit to Richard Albrecht. She talks shit to Hedda She Hopper. accepts, like, actual, like, full-on movie plots. And... She will not accept a vase being thrown toward her no, face. No, no. She said one more and as soon as... One Ms. more Jones... time you throw that vase yeah, at me. as soon as Miss Joan threw it twice, she was, like, out of there. Not Miss Joan. <laughs> she said fuck you but mama sita is amazing like she handfully crafts these sandwiches she goes to basically she deals with all the bullshit that joan and joan's like alter ego persona slash her alter ego like mindset goes through like they're at the restaurant and mama sita's like Joan's like, is everyone looking at me? And Mama Sita's like, yes. Everybody's <laughs> everyone fucking is looking definitely at definitely looking at you. And Joan's like, oh, okay. But also there's like a portion of the series where Joan's like, all of the workers' checks have bounced. What did you tell them? And Mama Sita said, I told them it would be an honor working for Mrs. Joan Crawford, and you all should be grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, so uh, Mama Sita, I think, was like the PR behind, well, what we saw. Yeah. The PR behind Joan, and like when people would come in for the, obviously the award ceremony, it's like, She's like, come in, come in, come in. Like, don't talk to her. Don't, like, ask her her name. Like, Hannah Hopper Just... came in to, like, view Joan Crawford. And uh, Hannah Hopper was, like, the most famous columnist of the time. Mm. Call her the Perez Hilton of the oh, okay. Age of Hollywood. And she goes, Mrs. Hannah Hopper is here. And she goes, uh, and she goes, she was very forceful. She, and the next thing you know, Joan comes down, hello, Hedda. Yes. But, um, I think Mama Sita, to her, to Joan, is like the Bonnie and Clyde. If uh-huh. only it could be a Bonnie and Clyde. To me, this is my own personal opinion. If Bonnie and Clyde could be, uh, our own beautiful Team Betty. Cheers. A Team Betty. And Jesus Team Christ Joan. Christ. 
But it won't be. But if it could be a player on the other side, cool. But it wasn't. But Mama Sita honestly, as an actress, snaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was amazing. So fun. So funny. And just, like, so, like, real. Like, oh, my God. Imagine if you were going into dinner and or lunch or breakfast and your client or PR person was... Or you're was, going on to the set for the day and it's like, yeah, and it's Mrs. Like, Joan isn't doing that today. Yeah, or Mrs. Joan is having a margarita at 11 a.m. And... Oh, she wants to order guacamole because she wants it to feel like it's an actual, like, celebration. It's like, oh, okay. How do I explain this to everyone? Or you have groupies come over to Miss Jones' house, and she's like, it's an honor to work for Miss Jones. And so that's why those are my three highlights. A, Mama Sita's, like, Jones' main number one in Pam. HBIC. Uh, the Academy Awards, just YouTube it, guys. Joan Crawford is an experience at the Academy Awards, whether she's in bed or blacked out at the union. <laughs> and then watch a documentary. Just type in... Betty Davis, Joan Crawford on YouTube, and you'll see exactly why they were each other's feuds. Let us know if you agree. And if you don't agree, I mean, comment down below. I don't really. We won't read it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we're going to do a little quick commercial, and then we'll be right back with. A few more things for you. A few more what? Tings. Ting tings. Love you guys. Hey TVBs, Gina here. Well, as you know, I have a lot of time on my hands right now, and the epitome of my quarantine can be summed up in one word. Self-care. Today's active lifestyle deserves skincare that's up to the challenge. Enter Athea. Formulated by active women for active women to give the best feeling skin you've ever experienced. And let me tell you, fellas out there, it's not just for women. I am feeling luxurious with these detox face masks. (laughs) I'm so excited to announce a new collaboration with the skincare line that's main objective is providing us with a feeling of finding beauty in our own skin. Visit atheaskin.com and use promo code ATHEATVBS15 at checkout for 15% off any product this month. That's A-T-H-I-A-T-V-B-S-15. Now, Ryan, pass me that face mask and let's get buzzing. Here you go. Hello, my TVBs. So we are coming close to the end of our podcast. And unfortunately, as much as I am sad, I do want to address a couple things before we exit. And that is high on my list. The Instagram fan questions. So, A on my list, what aspect of feud surprised you the most, Ryan? You know, honestly, I am most surprised by the fact that they only did one picture together. I am most also surprised by the fact that Joan, even though what Mommy Dearest portrayed her to be as feud actually put her in like a 
favorable light in terms of being yes. a mother. And what I didn't really understand or even know was that Betty Davis also had B.D. Hyman, her daughter, be in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane as the neighbor's daughter. Okay, by the way, you guys, her daughter was in uh, Sabrina on Netflix and also in Mad Men. Do you not remember Mad Men? If not, then that is a shame and shameful thing. But go ahead, Ryan. Let's continue. I mean, I just thought it was really fantastic that they were able to show a different light to each other's motherhood than what was written mm-hmm. by Christina Crawford and B.D. Hyman about their parenting. Yes. So, second question. If Susan Sarandon wasn't picked, who would it be? Mm. Or, like, who would you think would be a perfect Susan Sarandon, Betty Davis character? From the mindset of Ryan Murphy. As for Joan Crawford, I feel like Sarah Paulson would be the Mm. correct pick. As for Betty Davis... I almost feel like somebody like Holland Taylor would be Mm. a really good pick. And that would even add an even more meta, epic type of casting situation, considering that Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson are both in a relationship with each other. Interesting. And yet they're playing rivals of each other. I think they would thrive. And Holland Taylor, of course, played Mrs. Kincaid in Hollywood, which we both loved tremendously. I I think she was my queen bee. I think you were true. And if you haven't heard it first, then check out our last podcast. So last question from the IG fans. Is there a second series? Is there anything more to look forward to from this or future? I do have some tea. As an, as an anthology series, I know that this is meant to be something that is going to be, you know, a different series of events that happen season to season. The one that they are saying is going to be the next season is Charles versus Diana. Ooh! The Prince and Princess of Wales. Oh! And I feel like that is going to be a really fantastic season because... Should we post something that's like, do you want us to talk about it? Yes, no. Or like, let's go. I, I mean, like, like, let's I'm just go full throttle. Either way. Full throttle. I think let's go then. But just like American crime... Uh, American Crime Story, you know, season two was not going to be about Versace. Season two was going to be about uh, Hurricane Katrina. But what ended up happening was Hurricane Katrina got canceled and then they were like, we're going to move season three, Versace, up to season two, and Mm -hmm. then we're going to make uh, Katrina the third season and that still didn't happen so I feel like 
everything is up for grabs. Yeah, everything's up for grabs. No matter what kind of feud happened, you know what's one that I would really love to see? Let's hear it. I would love to see Vivian Lee versus Hollywood. Because I feel like it would really portray, like, a different type of element of mental illness. And mental illness applying to the uh, stage slash screen. And we already talked about Vivian Lee in uh, Hollywood as she was organizing her bracelets and, you know, reminiscing about her time in Hollywood at Scarlett O'Hara and Blanche Dubois in A Streetcar Named Desire. And I feel like but all what a beautiful those... actress. She's so beautiful. I feel like... I mean, I didn't even know, you guys, to be honest, I didn't even know that that was who it was until I asked Ryan like hey sorry like this might be super embarrassing but like was that he was like are you are you serious um and yeah so if you want to feel that so I do have a question for you if Susan Sarandon wasn't picked who would it be because I know that you're hashtag Team Betty. I'm always Team Betty. And we can cheers that till the break of dawn. Um, the thing is, Julia, I mean, I was going to say Julia Roberts because I'm thinking of her right now. In Stepmom. In this, yeah, in this specific role because I love, like Ryan said earlier, I love Susan Sarandon because of this specific moment where her and um, Julia Roberts have to, like, coincide because of cancer. But um, Susan Sarandon's always on top of being the bad bitch. So, and uh, Julia Roberts is never that person. She's never like the on top, like bad bitch. So maybe Julia Roberts. She's an Amazon Prime Homecoming right now. Mm. She is not in season two of Homecoming on Amazon Prime, but Julia Roberts, I love her so much, but I never in a million years thought. Susan Sarandon would steal a Ryan Murphy show. You know who I, you know. Because I'm Team Betty. Bye. And I'm, uh, cheers to that, but I'm Team Joan, and you know who I. No, cheers. Cheers. Sorry, I'm making, I am making Ryan cheers me to that. You know who I could see as Betty, uh, Joan? Hmm. Patricia Arquette, who we already covered. Ooh, Okay. As, uh, I actually am 100% down with that choice. So could you see the two of them interplaying these roles? I could see them interplaying, but I can't see them going to the depth that Susan Sarandon did. I feel like Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lang were the perfect They were the picks. perfect picks because they're like 
two peas in a pod that never would be. Well, they're like just wilting. And... Would you like to, uh, in true TVB's fashion, take a quiz? I would love to. Let's who... do it. Okay, so if I'm Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, then we just both have to finish our drink because you know what? At the end of the day, I but think we it's might not be right. Quiz. We may not be right. Let's but... try it out. All right, let's play. Okay. So what is the quiz, Rye? The quiz is, the quiz is from women.com, and it's, are you more Betty or Joan? Ooh. And the first question asks, are you more of a social butterfly or a wallflower? Or more of a wallflower. Okay. I'm definitely more of a wallflower. I'm going to say a social butterfly. Ovs. What's my favorite color to wear? Out of the options of red, purple, green, or blue. You know what? I hate the color blue, but I look so damn good in it. I'm saying purple. Which movie genre do you watch the most? Out of romance, mystery, drama, and comedy? I'm going to say drama. I like mysteries. Would you consider yourself to be a procrastinator? I'm saying oh yes. I'm saying oh yes as well. Choose your go-to breakfast. Protein shakes, cereals, scrambled scrambled eggs. I love scrambled eggs. Yes! (laughs) Which country would you like to visit one day? Germany, England, Switzerland, or Ireland? Um, I would live in London, so I'm going to say Ireland. uh, I'm going to say... This is a hard one because we can't obviously just travel to Europe right now. I'm going to say we've been to Ireland, England, yes, Switzerland, Switzerland. What is your favorite time of the year? Mine is summer because I'm a summer babe. Mine is fall. Would you rather be late or early to an event? Mm, Um, Early. I'm going to say it doesn't really matter as long as I get there. Which of the following could not Music. Could you not live without phone, television, social media, or music? For me. I'm going to say social media because I feel like I could listen to music on social media. I said music because I would rather have nothing else in life than music. We're going to choose the superpower, and it's either mind control, super strength, invisibility, or flying. Invisibility of mind control. For me. What do you like to do with your free time? The options are see a movie or show with a friend, catch up on my to-do list, curl up with a book, or go out with friends. I'm going to say go out with friends. I'm going to say go out with friends as well because I feel like any of those options are doable. Mm -hmm. Would you rather travel back or forward in time? Forward. I, I would want to see forward as well. Forward. Okay, this is a good one that I want to... I'm going to ask you this question, actually. Which word best describes you? Independent, ambitious, confident, or passionate? And I think that each Mm. of us should answer it for each other. Okay, so let me see. Which word best describes Ryan? Give me a second. I'm going to say confident. Mm. And I don't mean confident only. 
I just mean, like, confident is, like, what I immediately, like, go towards. I would actually say the same thing for you. Okay. Because no matter what, you're always just, like, yes, this is what I want. And I I respect that. Can I just say what you say? (laughs) Oh, wait, there's one more. Choose the Betty Davis movie. All About Eve, Jezebel. Mm. Uh, I'm going to choose All About Eve. Okay, well, I don't want to do the same one, so I'm going to do Jezebel. And that's actually my favorite movie of... Yes. What music do you want to listen to the most? I listen to, out of alternative pop, rock, and country, I listen to pop the most. I I did alternative. I don't like this question. How often do you I'm gonna drink say alcohol? too often. Hello. Yeah, too often. Why not? What's what is your, your ideal situ- living situation? Um, well, between a mansion in the suburbs, a high rise in the big sw- city, a cottage by the lake, and a house in the country, I would love a house in the country. Oh, it's your ideal living. I was like, what? I don't live in any of these. Um, I'm, I guess a mansion in the suburbs. Hey, yo. She's a Joan Crawford dancing lady. Mine is Mildred Pierce because she won the Oscar for it. Quick, someone just broke into your home. What do you do? The options are hide and hope that they'll eventually leave. Announce your presence and tell them you're calling the police. Run to your neighbors to call the police or find something to use as a weapon. I think I would announce my presence and tell them you're calling the police. I said run run to neighbors and call the police. Do you have any regrets in your life? Not at all. No, we actually doesn't doesn't everybody. everybody. It's calculating my results. We're both Joe! Oh my god, you guys. Cheers to all my team Betty results. But cheers, first of all. Team Betty, hashtag. We are not Team Betty during this quiz. Well, as Gina goes ahead and, uh, you know culminates to the fact that she is also Team Joan. I'm not Team Joan, but apparently during this Apparently you're most like her, but she's going to, uh, you know, she's going to give us a little bit of something, a little bit of facts, and she's going to start off with our facts with telling us why we're both Joan. You guys, obviously I never wanted to, I never want to admit defeat, but um, like Joan, you're a cunning person who can read people, especially men, like the back of your hand and can have a trail of broken hearts behind you. You know exactly what you want in life and you don't let anyone or anything stand in your way and many people know not to cross you. We shall see. We shall see you guys. People usually underestimate you, but you always have the last laugh at their expense and pull the rug right out from under them. Some might have the wrong idea about you, but deep down you are, oh my god, a kind, compassionate compassionate person who just wants to be loved. 
So you know what, Ryan, I forever will be team Betty Davis. And Cheers, I will y'all. always forever be team Joan. Moo. Love y'all. Fuck y'all. Hey guys, it's Ryan from the TV Bees, and I'm here to wish you a happy Pride Month. We're going to stay fresh and beautiful and proud all month with the help of Avon, the number one beauty company in the United States. All month long, until June 23rd, I'd like to offer a little bit of charity to you all with any purchase that you make through me on youravon.com backslash R-M-A-H-R-T. Any purchase that you make, I will match the commissions that I've made off of that sale and donate it to Black Lives Matter as well as the Human Rights Campaign for LGBTQ Rights. Please consider making a purchase, not only for yourself, but to help others in need. Thank you so much. Happy Pride! Even though it's a couple of months past Pride, you know what we're proud of? We're proud of this episode, and you know, our fact checker of the TVBs is here to give us some pride and make us proud of learning what we're going to be learning. As Thank you so Gina much. Gina tells us 11 surprising facts behind the infamous Betty Davis and Joan Crawford feud. Take it away, my love. I know. Thank you. I love snaps to anything. So thank you so much. Okay. So I'm just doing 11 surprising facts because clearly we have no time for anything more. Number one, Joan's divorce overshadowed Betty's breakthrough. We, I think we kind of already knew that, but I'll just read a little excerpt. Mm-hmm. On the very same day, Betty was set to promote her first film with her name above the title, which is huge, huge. Joan announced her infamous divorce from XXX, XXXXX. The news brought headlines and newspapers dedicated several pages and posts, etc. to the domestic drama. This caused them to knock reviews of Betty's big break down to a short paragraph, which ultimately caused the film to flop. Number two. Joan stole her second husband from Betty. Uh, do you think that's real? Or should we read more? Joan was a fucking man stealing. Yes, whore. let's read more. Tears after getting in the way of her career success, Betty was heartbroken when Joanne Joan, sorry, we have so many Joannes. When Joan intruded on her love life as well. While film, filming her Oscar-winning role in 1935's Dangerous, Betty fell head over heels for her co-star, French Holt Joan. Unfortunately, he was already dating Joan, who wasn't a fan of her booze, kind words for his leading lady. Joan eagerly pushed French Holt. 
toward marriage and announced their engagement while the movie was still in production. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Betty was furious, obviously, reporting telling journalist Michael Thornton back in 1987, Hello, we were born during that year. Not me, I'm younger than you. Well, maybe, just me. Um, that she still had a grudge over the matter. Joan did it coldly, deliberately, and with complete ruthlessness. I've never forgiven her for that, and I never will. Anyway, skipping ahead, because we were past 1987, Joan taunted Betty's Oscar fashion. Well, clearly they've always been in a tisk for tat. But Betty was also fighting with studio head over attending the Academy Awards ceremonies to protest the formation of the Screen Actors Guild. Though she relented to show up and ultimately took home her first golden statue, she also made sure to have a little protest of her own by wearing a simple navy dress rather than a an elaborate gown. And that was something that I mean, was... she looks absolutely, I mean, plain. She looks plain, and that was something that was definitely a protest on her part, because people that went to the Academy Awards, especially as a female in the 1930s and 40s, you're going to look like the most glamorous woman. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you go dress in more what you would consider masculine attire. Yeah, like where do you go from there? The Academy is going to see it as a pushback. Exactly. Well, however, whether it was genuine or not, Joan did try to make amends for their former tension by requesting a dressing room adjacent to Betty. She even sent her gifts and flowers as an olive branch. Betty was set in her ways, though, and promptly returned every item. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Betty returned every item sent her way, and that is Joanne tried to call a truce. I highly doubt that. I mean, as much as I continue to read, you guys, don't. Don't believe that Joanne, oh, Joanne's ready for a truce, or Betty's ready for a truce. I'm just going to read the headlines. Joanne, number five. Joanne, Joan, wouldn't have won an Oscar without Betty. Yes. 100%. Six. Betty parodied Joan on film. Yes. Wait, what? Wait, what does this say? Though many producers had tried to get warring women to co-star in a film, Betty was particularly against it. Because of this, she turned down a role in a 1950 film called Cage, which was intended specifically for the pair of actresses. What? However, Betty was all too happy to jump at the chance to portray the character of a washed-up celebrity clinging to her fame, a role that was not so loosely based on Joan, oh my god, 
in the star the deeply unflattering role was penned by jones former friend Catherine albert who clearly had some pent-up frustrations that betty had no problem helping her air out that is tea Let's wow. Survive. Number seven. The Whatever Happened to Baby Jane set was filmed with tension. Aww. Number eight. Betty stole Joan's thunder, but Joan took it back. We obviously know that if you guys have been watching. Number nine. Joan backed out of their second film because she was very sick. As we should say. She was very sick, but she was also really pissed off that Betty had a producing role in the film and she did not. Number 10, Betty never minced words about Joan. Mm. Well, she didn't. You she, can yeah. only speak good about the dead. Joan and Crawford's dead? Good. good. Number 11, they had at least one unfortunate thing in common. What was that? I mean, besides obvious. The obvious. Tell us. Mm, let's see. Both, Both of the, the actresses, actresses had tense relationships with their daughters. Something they brought out. The expressing. Okay, so I guess it was their, like, relationships with their family. Yeah, so... B.D. B.D. Hyman and Christina Crawford both released salacious books about their respective parents, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, respectively. And I'm not sure what B.D. Hyman's book is entitled, but, you know, Christina Crawford definitely did release Mommy Dearest about uh, Joan Crawford. And... They both did not have stellar relationships with their mothers. One of the things that I really think is fantastic about Feud is that it shows B.D. Hyman as the role of the neighbor. And by the way, she is also, like we said earlier, a key player in Mad Men and also Sabrina on Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. And this isn't her first role. Like, she wasn't established from Feud, unfortunately. And at the end of the day, neither one of the uh, daughters really wanted to be in the limelight. However, because of their mother's relationship with their daughter, they definitely did make themselves a part of the limelight. Yes. And arguably, could you say, G, it's because it's at the expense of their mothers, respectively? Yes. I will say that for both of them. Like, their fucking daughters thought they were batshit crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. I would do the same. I'd be like, Mom, sorry, gotta go. (laughs) So honestly, my final thoughts of the show are definitely watch it. However... If you want to watch it and you want a little bit of supplemental information regarding the source subject, definitely watch the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Watch that first and then watch Feud and then you will see exactly 
why they manipulated each other mentally, emotionally, and physically against each other. And if you're not Team Betty, drink, please. Then uh, you should definitely, like, watch um, Mommy Dearest, which is a movie based upon the book, based upon uh, Jones, Jones, Jones. Christina Crawford wrote this book salaciously yes. against her adoptive stepmother, Joan Who, Crawford. She, Joan was like, fuck you, bitch. But anyways. Basically. She did this, and then Joan was like, fuck you. And then it still came out, and then the movie came out, and watch Mommy Dearest. Watch and then it. you form your own opinions, because I love Joan. I love Betty. Still team hashtag Betty drink, but <laughs> I still love Joan. Like, how can you not? Fuck Mommy Dearest. Love it. Because well, if someone's talking that much mad shit about you, you must have made an impact on life. Well, so I mean, at the life. end of the day, I think as much as we've talked about Queen Betty and Queen Joan... We each have a king bee and queen bee. Yes. To choose. Mine, you know, I can't lie. Mine is definitely, my queen bee is definitely Joan Crawford. I love, I love her portrayal. Tell me, Gina. What was what was it like being the most talented? I mean, my girl? back is so like, oh my god, I have like back pains right now from carrying the audience. Of <laughs> Jesus, I mean, like, hello, I am Betty Payne, and I have so much pain from all this fucking shit that Joanne Jones, sorry, Joanne, I mean. I can, like, go Joanne Joan, like, intermingle them, because it doesn't really matter, because I am the star. Anywho, but my back hurts, because (laughs) I'm carrying this weight from all of the characters. I'm just kidding. So, I'm just going to say that my queen bee is honestly Betty Davis, but... Hashtag team who? Team Betty, um, mm-hmm. Claire. But my like biggest thing is, if it weren't for Betty, if it weren't for people that are fans, like thank you so much. Like we prom, well I probably wouldn't have said Team Betty. I wouldn't have stood up for um Team JoJo. Obs, because I mean Ryan is so like scary to like stand up to and I did it but at the same time like I stuffed to him but now what's next um I guess that's our next episode but anyways mind you guys I ain't shit (laughs) he is so shit we love him and we'll post so many things that you guys want to see from this, and you guys are like, "Oh my!" You know what? Our God. listeners will definitely love hearing because we're both the shit. We're both the TVBs. We both are going to give each. We're each going to give a really good bees rating. 
And if you You guys are a fan of us, you guys know that we only rate things on one of three scales, B plus, B or B minus, because we are who? The TV beats. Uh, I give this on a countdown of three, two, one. Three, two, one. A B B plus. Yes. That's the first time that we've agreed in like three or four episodes. But it's such a good uh, dip into the nostalgia pool of old Hollywood. And you also get to learn about so many iconic characters, whether it's from one of the uh, participants, um, Olivia de Havilland, or whether it's one of the stars, Betty and Joan, or... Mr. Aldrich. Or if you just want to be a WAPA. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I I guess it's like a 100% rating. Go ahead and watch it. Yes. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a new episode of Bees Buzz in order to recap what's going on in the world. And... Our next TVB's episode is Gina's Pit. Uh, little fires everywhere, you guys. I know. Some people are like, oh, I really do detest this show. I detest this, like, podcast. I detest this, like, um, I don't no know, one Kindle. But I love this so much because I love... Um, Big Little Lies. So come at me, aka, we'll discuss Little Fires Everywhere on. It's a Hulu original, but at the same time, like, I know you guys have already said no like three times, and we've already tested against that. So we are doing Little Fires Everywhere, and we're doing it 100%. I've specifically detested you guys because I <laughs> was like, hey, we're doing Feud this episode. Gina, what ep- what show do you want to do out of everything? Yes. I'm, and she was like, I want to do Little Fires Everywhere, and I haven't seen a single mm-hmm. episode of it. And I was like, you watch Feud for me, I'm going to watch this for exactly, you guys. So yeah. if you guys want to watch this for us and then just recap it with us, Go for it. I want, would love to see your if comments you have some below. Shit to say about little fires everywhere. Message me in the comments at g i g i g i a. Thank you. <laughs> With that said, can I say cheers to Team Joan cheers and Team to cheer, cheers, Betty, Betty and Joan. We love y'all forever. Thank you so R. much R. for listening. We love you guys.